Okay, well, it is nice to be with you. It is awesome to be here, and it is awesome to have you joining with us online. And I want to do a shout out this morning to the chapel. I miss you guys. I've jumped over to the other bubble. I'm sure you guys will have an awesome time with Carl and Ange this morning. Be kind to them. I'm sure you will. Um, but it is awesome. It is awesome to be here. It is great to see faces that I haven't seen in a while. So hi. Hi, guys. Um, so my name is Julia, if I haven't met you before, and I'm on team here at Life Church. And how amazing has this series been as we've been looking at and engaging the Holy Spirit again? It has been so powerful as we have looked at who the Holy Spirit is, how He works to create and illuminate and is the source of power, how He illuminates our need for Jesus, that He is our ear support in times of need, and how He equips us and gifts us with the, whole, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We looked at how the Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus, and Jesus introduces us to the Father. The challenges to live on mission when we do it in our own strength. Mm. And last week, Lorraine shared with us the importance of living on mission with God. And what does with actually mean? As she shared her journey of planting churches in Thailand. And every time my dog has looked at me this week when he's hungry, I thought, pros. Anyone else? You know, this series has reminded me of when I first learned about the importance of the Holy Spirit. For me, I always knew that there was a God, a creator. That part was never a struggle. It often felt though like, God was up here and we were down here. That there was a bit of disconnect or distance between us and Him. In my early teens, I learned about and experienced the Holy Spirit and it connected it all together. God had gone from being all around me to being in me. As naturally as it felt to breathe and have air in my lungs, the experience of God filling and being present in my life became just as natural and personal. Don't get me wrong. Initially, I definitely had moments where I was like, what on earth is happening? But it was so worth it and awesome all at the same time. As the Holy Spirit was working deeply in my life, I also found that He would place a burden on my heart for people that didn't know Jesus, even as a young teenager. As the whole, I discovered that the Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus and Jesus introduces us to the Father. And then because of what Jesus did, He fills us with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that resurrected Him from the dead to be equipped to work alongside the Holy Spirit to see others come to find faith in Jesus as well. Just as he had placed me in the heart of one of my friends at school, as she had prayed and extended friendship to me, I learned that I could also be there for others around me. And then my perspective changed again. Paul Bennett and Carl had been on a team to a region in Asia that was very close to the good news of Jesus. They were part of a team that was walking the land that we called Shulam and praying, asking and seeking how God wanted to reach the people in this nation. 
they came back and invited some of us to go as well. The goal was to keep praying over the land and support the small team that was working on the ground there. I'll be honest, I had a desire to travel, but never to go to Asia. I knew that God was calling us as a church to work there, though, and so it was a good thing for me to be a part of it. It turned out to be two weeks that changed my life as the Holy Spirit began to work in a way that I had never experienced before. We would travel to significant places and walk while praying over them and the people that filled these spaces. It was challenging at first, but we learned to do it in natural conversation with each other or quietly within ourselves, trusting that God was the one that was leading and bringing people across our path as we positioned ourselves. Prayer is incredibly powerful, especially when we are led by the Holy Spirit and is so incredibly important. It shifts us to align us more with God and also allows us to be a significant part of seeing God's kingdom come and His will be done. As a shout out, there are still tickets to the prayer meeting tonight and I encourage you, if you haven't been to a prayer and worship night, come along because it is a powerful time when the church gathers together and prays and we see significant things shift. At the time when we were over there, we very much believed that we were tilling soil and laying a foundation for others to build on. In the last few years though, we have found out that two of the people from this unreached people group have amazingly been able to come to New Zealand and individually have had a dream where Jesus has revealed himself and they now have a personal relationship with him and a heart for reaching their people. They know there are many churches in Christchurch that have prayed for years for their people group and are planning when they are able to be able to come down and thank us and share their story with us. Won't that be an amazing day? When we were over there, there was one night when as we were walking to get dinner, I was really just dawdling along behind the team just trying to take in the new sights and smells and everything in this new place and asking God a little bit what his heart was. Each day, people would stop wherever they were and would complete their prayers in the street, in the market, wherever they were. But I looked and I saw a man, probably in his early 60s, on the side of the road still. All the other people had rolled up their mats and carried on. But he was still on his knees in a busy street, looking up to the heavens with tears running down his face. And as I saw him, I remember thinking, I wonder what it is that you are so desperately looking, crying out to the heavens for. And I wondered in my heart, do you know there is a God who loves you and hears you? There were very few of his people who knew about Jesus. It was very likely that in his lifetime, no one had shared the hope that we can have in Jesus with him or that anyone would. I didn't have the opportunity to talk to him about it, but the Holy Spirit used that moment and a few others to soften something in my heart. 
As we tilled soil by walking and praying through parts of this nation, it was here that I learned about people of peace. These are people all around us and throughout the world that God is already working in. As we walk with him, he crosses our paths in our neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, universities, supermarkets. It can literally be anywhere. We see them in the Bible. In Luke 7, 1 to 10, the story of the centurion. In John 4, 1 to 30, the Samaritan woman. In Acts 8, 26 to 40, the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts 10, 9 to chapter 11, in Cornelius. In Acts 16 to 13 to 15, Lydia. Acts 16, 22 to 38, the Philippian jailer. They are a person who is welcoming to you, who is open to you and your friendship interested or open to faith, who ends up working with or alongside you. Someone who there is a natural resonance with. Or sometimes we just felt like, feel like that we've known them for ages and get on so well. People of peace often become the key person to connecting with further friends, family, or a community. They are people that we can prayerfully and intentionally look out for. They are people that we can listen and learn their stories and in turn be able to share ours with. People who we can extend genuine friendship to. So how can we find them? We can ask the Holy Spirit to lead us in our daily lives and to bring them across our paths. We can get out there and meet new people in strategic places that the Holy Spirit leads us to. We can be intentional about reconnecting again with them. And we can remind ourselves that it is the Holy Spirit that is the one leading and guiding our paths to cross. Carl shared a few weeks ago about how Jesus, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come to be equipped to carry the good news of what Jesus had done to all the earth. It is the same Spirit that equipped them, that equips us to continue carrying that good news to those that still haven't heard it and had that opportunity to respond to it. As we are filled with His Holy Spirit, we can pray, Lord, lead us and guide us Give us eyes to see people the way that you do and to see where you are working and in, working in and through their lives. Last week, I was on a video call with the team in a nation in Southern Asia. And as we were catching up and sharing about how they are doing, sharing about some of the great challenges that they're facing globally at the moment, and the incredible things that God is still continuing to do in their world. They said with such a deep conviction that we Christians globally need to remember that the church is serious business. Cars, houses, businesses are important, but they aren't the most important thing. Jesus is. Their team is made up of young adults who have had in a personal encounter with Jesus and have been radically transformed by him. Now they are regularly translating the stories of Jesus into their own heart languages or their tribal languages of their people groups and traveling wherever they, traveling whenever they can to share them in their own villages and others as the opportunities open up. Yeah. 
Every time they go, they put their lives on the line. On their most recent trip, they heard that the head man has a bullet for every Christian in his village. And yet they continue to go because they know the power of the message of hope that they carry. And they know Jesus is moving and setting people free from fear, darkness and demonic powers. They know that Jesus saves us and through the Holy Spirit begins to transform us. The last few weeks as we've journeyed through this series, the scripture, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 has stayed with me. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this one from 1 Corinthians 13, verse four to eight. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. How incredible would it be if the Holy Spirit was able to have full access to our lives to fully develop this kind of fruit that displays that kind of love. How incredible would it be if people said of those following Jesus? And Christians in the church, they are so loving and they have so much joy and peace. They are so patient and kind They are so moral and good and faithful and there is a real gentleness about them and they just have this ability to control themselves, their emotions and their desires, especially in difficult situations. That's the dream, right? Well, is it just a dream or is that the deep work that the Holy Spirit does in us when we're willing to let Him? Church, God is working in people of peace all around us, and our lives should display the deep work of the Holy Spirit in us. I've been reminded of this again personally the last few weeks. Before lockdown, I had a free Wednesday morning, and so I popped over to Teoraha, a community drop-in space that some of our amazing church people run for those that are isolated or lonely in our local community. I hate to admit, but it's the first and the only one that I've managed to make it along to. I sat down with my cup of tea and a little awkward, but well, the the lady directly across the table, she was quite the chatterbox. And it just becomes this moment. God has brought us across each other's paths. And we end up chatting about how she used to go to church and would actually like to come back one day. Then there were lockdowns and her health deteriorated. And the amazing team had stayed in touch and arranged for us to go visit. And at the end, we prayed together with her. 
We noticed that her garden was overgrown. And so we offered to come back and do a bit of a tidy up for her, which she was extremely grateful of. Rose arranged it. And after we finished doing the garden and we're going to leave, she reached out her hands and said, prayers again, please. And we took the nudge of the Holy Spirit to also check in where she was with with Jesus. Last Sunday morning, she passed away much sooner than anyone expected, totally at peace with Jesus. It reminded me that next week, next month, that next conversation isn't always guaranteed. If we are willing, God will bring people across our path and He will be faithful to guide our prayers and our conversations. As Christmas decorations start to go up and debate rages over whether it's wonderful, too soon, or just what we needed this year, let's be reminded that in it all, we carry an incredible message of hope. That this world was created with love and care. That we weren't an accident, but we're also created with love and care and purpose. But love is not love if there is no choice. And so we were given choice to trust and have a relationship with God or go our own way. And so we made our choice and experienced the fullness of knowing both good and evil in this world. And God's heart broke because that's what He had tried to warn and protect us from. Even then, when we had to live with the reality of our choices, He never gave up on us, never left us, never forsake us. Instead, He was working out the redemption and restoration of all humanity and His creation. In Jesus, at Christmas, we see Emmanuel, God with us, the God who came to earth and lived among His people, experiencing the fullness of our humanity and showing us the kind of relationship we can have with God our Father. Being fully human and fully God, He also showed us what God was truly like. And as He went to the cross, He showed us the extent of His love for every human life that the consequences of sin and separation it brought from God would be dealt with once and for all, and we would be able to freely enter into God's presence and walk with Him once more. And when He rose three days later, we could be assured that no longer was there any fear or sting in death. But He was exactly who He claimed to be, and that everything He had taught was true and that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us and we could be His witnesses to this message, this incredible hope in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Church, would you stand with me for a moment if you are able as the team comes back. I want to pray this morning that we would again have our eyes open to the people of peace that God is bringing across our paths 
that we would see them and be aware of them and have a courage and a boldness to step out in those conversations and to pursue those relationships. But I didn't include this in my notes, but I've really feel it on my heart. Two of the biggest obstacles or blocks to the Holy Spirit being free to move in our lives can be unforgiveness and unrepentant sin. I was recently reading about a move of God where they saw revival through the Solomon Islands. And one thing they noticed about it was how the Holy Spirit was so much more sensitive to things that they were dismissive of. And as the Holy Spirit began to move, it wasn't uncommon to find people walking for hours and hours to to return things that they had taken years and years earlier that the Holy Spirit had brought back to mind so that they could freely come before God with a clear conscience and within that to restore relationship between people. So I just wanted to take a moment to go, Holy Spirit, is there anything in our lives that is blocking or stopping or hindering you to be able to move in all your fullness in our lives, to develop that kind of fruit of love, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness. Lord, we just still our hearts right now and Father, pray that you'll speak. Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage and the boldness to seek restoration where we need to. to extend forgiveness to those that have hurt or wronged us, to not hold judgment within our own hands, but release it into the Father's. Father God, I pray right now that as you fill us, as you transform us, as we bear fruit that displays your kingdom. Lord, may we demonstrate a kind of radical love that you showed to us. Lord, open our eyes to see the people of peace that you are bringing across our paths. Those that you are already working in, those that are open to the things of you, those that are gonna be leaders of your kingdom. Father, we pray we won't miss opportunities. But Lord, we will be faithful and obedient. Holy Spirit, we just cry out to you. Father, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we surrender ourselves again in your presence. Say, Lord, will you meet us again in this place?
Lord, will you do what you need to do to do the deep work in our hearts, to see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name.